everybody. Welcome again to another exciting episode of Unprofessional. I am one of your hosts, Dave Wiskus, joined by another of your hosts, uh, the incomparably attractive Mr. Lex Friedman. Dave, that was very kind of you to say. How are you? It was extremely kind of me to say. It was. It was I top, think I, top five I kindest would, things. I would argue it was fair of me to say. Oh, yeah. We're also, we're also joined by uh, a, our, our third host this week and uh, another very attractive man, Mr. Julian Villard. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. I'm going purely by pictures. We've never met in real life. No, I, I'd say I'm pretty good looking. There's this Wikipedia picture. You got a, a bow tie on, the Wurlitzer. I, uh, you're a good looking guy. Yeah, well, well I'm, you know, at least I'm, I'm glad Wikipedia is portraying me that way. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I am a good, I'm a good looking man. I mean, I would, I, pro- I know that I'm better looking than Lex, and I haven't seen a picture of you, Dave. So wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> brutal, man. Tearing me down in the first two we're, minutes. Of the we're show. just being honest about I'm genetics sc- here. There's nothing weird about that. Right. Wow. I'm scrolling down to see if you're single. Well, t- wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, is, is this, first of all, does it tell you that I'm, <laughs> if I'm single on my Wikipedia page? Uh, actually, it doesn't on, on your page. Does it, so we can update it if you'd like. Wait a minute. That's like on, you can find, like Elton John is now single. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, it'll say like married, and sometimes depending on the person, it says personal life, and it describes who they're married to. Or I mean, if these things are noteworthy. Right. If I was or like, I'm making, I'm making a quick update to the page. <laughs> All right. So now, just so you know, when you read Julian Villard's Wikipedia page, until they change it, it says Julian Villard, born October 6, 1979, is an American pianist and singer songwriter, born and raised in New York City. Sorry, ladies, he's taken. <laughs> this is like OK Cupid for famous people. Yeah. That, so, Julian, I know I just read that first sentence from Wikipedia page along with my new second sentence, but tell the people, <laughs> who are you? Who the hell are you? Uh, I don't know what who I am, and I'm I'm just a nice guy from New York City, right? Isn't that the vibe? Um, I, I am that's a, the vibe. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a musician. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I play the piano, um, and I write all kinds of uh, you know, I guess uh, arch pop music. I don't even know how to describe what I do. Um, I'm not even really sure what I do anymore, but I, I do know that it involves <laughs> writing songs. Do you enjoy doing it? I do very much. I do very much. It's, it's, well, then there you go. Yeah. It's kind of the only thing I think I'm cut out for. And uh, I, as you know, we can't talk much about your music career, but I want to give you a chance right up front to, uh, to tell the people what you got going on right now on the, uh, the old pledge music, what you may call it. Well, How can I, people give you money? I, I, see, I love that you lead with that, that like, we can't talk much about your career, but let's talk about the fact that you're canvassing, asking for money. Um, I'm very accomplished right. and established, all right? I don't need anyone's, yes. but I would like to. You've, your, been, you've I, been on major labels. You're a big fucking deal. I'm a, you're I'm all a the BFD. Stores, I'm a BFD. Um, you can your Wikipedia page is like name dropping Ben Folds and Death Cab. There you go. This is, this is impressive stuff. It's serious stuff. But that said, I I do need your money. But yeah, I'm running this this uh, <laughs> this pledge music campaign, which is kind of like another crowdsourcing platform. It's it's like Kickstarter, but you give money and you get a record. And there's all kinds of levels. But the cool thing about pledge music is that it lets you share in the experience of making the record. So each week it's like a eight nine week campaign, sixty days. I'm posting each week. I post a new song that I wrote. So the idea is that I'm going to write the whole record kind of in front of your eyes. Wow. Yeah, that's that's that should do this. Yeah. What percentage of unprofessionals uh, hosts have given to your pledge music campaign so far, Julian? I would say we're at fifty percent right now. All right, just checking. Yeah, just it, checking. it might be it might be a hundred by the end of this. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll put uh, the we'll put the link to the pledge music thing in the uh, in the show notes, so people who want to support you can do it. Listeners, regular listeners will know I'm not above bribing guests for a Twitter follow. <laughs> okay. I, well, listen, that's a fair exchange. I will take 
a donation of five hundred dollars to my pledge campaign for the <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Party. Perfect. Do you know? But do you know? Actually, there are people who run when they run those campaigns. They'll you can buy that. It's like I'll follow you on Twitter for three months for two hundred dollars. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, for three months. That's I. I, I want a well, lifetime like I, I got, follow. If I'm giving, I have three months to prove that I'm interested. Right. <laughs> You know what? I said we're going to put the link in the show notes, and we will. But you guys can write this down, or you can tap it in on your phones. It's pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Julian Villard. So there you go. Previous guest Jay Clifford did the uh, Pledge Music thing, too. Jay Clifford did it? Oh, cool. His uh, last solo album was done over Pledge Music. Gotcha. Now, now Julian, I, want, I don't know if you realize this, but you are actually the second consecutive JV to be, to be on Unprofessional. Do you mean Junior Varsity? No. He's Julian Villar, JV. And then last week, of course, was Governor Jesse Ventura. Well, that's GJV. That's different. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I consider Julian OGJV. He's original gangster Julian Villard, so I think it all works out. Well, it was uh, GJTBV. <laughs> Governor Jesse the Body Ventura? Right. Well, I don't know if you want to include the T in the initialism, but, you know. That's, that's a good that's, question. That's pretty wild. That's a that's a good. You, that's a pretty good get, man. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy who was in the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You mean you, right? Uh, well, me too. Oh, I feel I feel like I'm in good company with with the other JV. Last week's show made the news, and I don't think for the right reasons. So maybe maybe <laughs> oh. don't do what he did. Right. Did, listen, I just want to let's get this out of the way right away. Do you believe that fluoride <laughs> is in the water because the Nazis figured out that it had the same active ingredient as Prozac and could thus be used as mind control to to control the proletariat? All I have to say on the subject of fluoride is that I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration to sap and impurify <laughs> all of our precious bodily fluids. That's all I have to say on that subject. <laughs> all right. And for the rest, we can consult with your attorney. Or, but I do deny them my essence. Oh, but I but I do Julian, deny them my essence. It's Julian, you and I have known each other for like 500 years now. Is that right? It will, you, yes, we are pretty old. Um, we've known each other. We have known each other for going for close for 20 years. 20 years. So multiple times on this show, I have referenced my years at a fairly Jewy summer camp <laughs> where oh, I studied Jew camp. I studied magic and movie making and computer programming. And you know who else was that at that camp, Dave? Julian fucking Villard was there. He was at the Magic Jew camp. And you guys have something in common. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to bring it up though. <laughs> neither of you, neither oh, of you God. looked like you do now in your youth. Oh, oh, I see where this is going. Wait a minute. Are we talking about Dave or Lex right now? I'm, I'm talking about the two of you. I'm talking about Dave and JV. You both had a, a different look than you do now when you were younger. I only know of JV's because I saw him, and I know of Dave's because he's told me. What, 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 what's a different look? What are you talking about? I look, you know, I was just me, you were, you there were, was just more of me. I used to be black. There was more of you. That's right. <laughs> there was you just were, more you of me. You were pleasantly plump, Julian Villard. PPJV, we called you back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with growing out of it did, oh. did the did the camp help uh no i i i kind of started to get it was like it actually like hung around till junior senior year and i started and i started to grow but you know one of the things that i think dave and i can both say as opposed to you lex is that we're like fine wine we look better as we get older where it's just all coming coming apart with you right for me it's gone off the rails this is this is absolutely true yeah I don't know, Lex. I haven't known you long enough to know if you're getting better or worse looking. I, you know, the truth is, and I mean this sincerely, I think that I'm getting older looking. For a long time, <laughs> for a long time, I, people always assumed I was older than I was because I, 
I don't know, I, what, however I carried myself, armed with my, I think, height and general look, people thought that I was older than I was and were surprised when they heard that, you know, I was whatever age I was. But now I'm in my early 30s, and so people hear that I'm in my early 30s, and they're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, you are decidedly in your early 30s. That's what the visual also indicates. And that's, uh, that's been soul-crushing for me. People didn't assume I was older than I was. They assumed that I was a woman. <laughs> when I was... <laughs> Well, when I was younger and heavier, I also uh, had made the poor decision to grow my hair out, and I couldn't grow facial hair, so uh, I got mistaken. I got called ma'am a lot from people who uh, saw me from behind. Did you Some have that problem, Julian? No, I never. I never got mistaken for a woman. And but I, if I recall correctly, and I honestly, I'm not sure that I do. Didn't I read <laughs> in one of your like 800 bios that exist on the web that uh, you actually credit your sort of your your plumper youth into leading into the career you ended up in um i get, maybe i said that at some point i, I can't even remember how how many bios have you read <laughs> i don't know dude what is all I, of them here, i'll tell the julian villar story that i don't know and that i might be getting wrong i might be remembering somebody else but it was like you know i was you were it's like actually was, a oh. jesse ventura story <laughs> yeah i was overweight uh i was dealing with the nazis and no i was overweight and um <laughs> i was uh you know, I was kind of a loner in high school, and I needed some way to, I you know, find myself and do my thing. And so I turned to music, and I started learning. I taught myself the piano, and now I'm a piano rocker. I thought that's what I had read somewhere in one of your your many websites. That, that's that's not a million miles away from the, the truth. Um, yeah, I mean, I think anybody, like I think anybody who's writing or creating, you know, things things probably didn't go. The, the way it was supposed to go or the way you thought it was going to go or you were a little disaffected but that's kind of everybody besides from like Matt Trout on the Angels when I see that guy I see Matt Trout I just see like a winner I see like he was that guy's always been a winner but mo- most people aren't like that we're, we're, we're you know we're like different right maybe that's the divide between likable musicians and the guys that you just think are douchebags like I look at like the guy from Maroon 5 I just want to punch him that guy he looks like he's never had a bad day in his life yeah. Adam Levine, that's his name. There's, yeah, fuck him. There's been a lot of winning. We should have him on the show. He's 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 yeah, Are right. you gonna pile on and say fuck Adam Levine, Julian? I want to hear you say fuck Adam <laughs> Levine. You know, I have or can can you not because you're like, well, one day maybe he's gonna want to produce the next J V album. Well, no, no. I'm I'm never that political. And and it goes without saying any negative thing that I say about a musician, as soon as they were to offer me an opportunity, I would revoke that instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the nature of the beast. I appreciate that. I could say to hell with, you know, Barry Manilow. And if Barry called tomorrow, I'd be like, Barry, yes. Um, but actually, I love Barry. Um, there, are very, there are a few musicians that, that I reserve my ire for. And um, Adam Levine. Let's talk about them. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. Well, who do you hate? I mean, I, I mean it's like I don't even, I don't even want to go so far that I hate John Mayer because that would require <laughs> like a level of like pa- oh, I do. passion. You hate him? I hate him. No, f- fuck that guy. Hate John Mayer. You know who I don't hate, but I want to hate? is Jason Mraz. The problem is, I think Jason Mraz is very John Mayer-esque, at least in terms of general personality, but I think his songwriting is better by a large degree versus Mayer, so I'm like, well, I can't hate him, because it's a pretty good song. I just feel like John Mayer is whispering too hard at me. Yeah. Like, he's trying, he, he really wants me to hear something, but he's not, like, impassioned enough to say it out loud. It's weird. Like, I don't even want to comment on any of them or like, I just can't even explain because <laughs> it's like, it's cool. You're doing your thing, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, from the school that I come from or the, the guys that I, I still listen to constantly are, you know, the, the Billy Joel's or the Elton John's or the Harry Nielsen's, or the Randy Newman's 
or even the guitar playing versions of them, the Dylans and the Springsteens, although Dylan is kind of like the origin. But you So know, you only listen to musicians who are now 400 years old. But, well, but it's, you know, I, I just think that what these guys are is they're just, they're such a reduction of of what, like the source of that is, you know? And I think John Mayer is like Dave Matthews light. So if you could imagine like Dave Matthews light with some complex, <laughs> like, and what is Dave Matthews? Dave Matthews is like, I don't know. Trey Anastasio light and what's Trey on you know it's like, it just it keeps getting uh, taken from the it's source deep it gets deep yeah. so the point is is like I don't think any of them have made a piece of music that I can comment on that actually deserves the commentary does that make sense see I have long felt that it's a controversial opinion that I really dislike Dave Matthews and his associated band uh, but it sounds like you are the same way. Like you are not a DMB fan. I'm not way in deep into DMB. I mean, I just I, my my influences just come and the the, thing, the stuff that I listen to for inspiration. Those I never really was into that, and and I just don't, I think those guys. I don't know. I mean, I get it. it, it I just feel like they're kind of like a void of culture. You know, it's just it's well, like, so. Here's my challenge then, and this is my challenge to both of you. Okay, is if you have if you can if you have to pick one artist, and this is the artist that you're going to listen to forever. You can have their whole catalog, new stuff they record, whatever, fine. But you can only have one artist to listen to on every device you own for the rest of your life. Who do you choose? Who's your go-to? That's a terrible question. <laughs> it really is. And it, it, we'll really, just assume, it really is. It we'll really just assume is. that for me and Dave that Julian Villard is a given. We can't pick that one. So we got to pick somebody else. But Okay, so, so but that's a loaded question because – do you choose the artist that least would like think about it? Like someone might be brilliant, but you, I couldn't listen to Tom Waits for the rest of my life. I go crazy, you know? Um, right, right. So you got to pick someone. Who's it's kinda... sort of your favorite, but it's your favorite plus maximum re-listenability and probably a larger catalog so that you have a wider variety of music to choose from. That's, that's at least my ingredients. Right. You'd almost have to go with the Beatles just so you didn't hate yourself. <laughs> but I disagree. See, I could like the Beatles after I can't like, I love the Beatles, but I reach a max with the Beatles. You know, like I can, I could just, there's just something about yeah? that. Yeah, yeah, I, I max out. I mean, um, if we're talking about the Beatles and all their like splintering solo careers, maybe that's a, an option. But um, <laughs> I just sort of, I max out on that stuff. It's only like. Would weird. that include the Traveling Wilburys? <sighs> that's, that's a, a that's kind question. of a reach. That's a bit of a stretch. I, I, Harrison's a vital part of the, the Wilburys. Um, see, I would go with Stevie Wonder. Because then you have the large, you have, you go, you pick an artist like that who's got a forty-year scope of good music. You know, he, I still argue to date that Stevie Wonder has like the largest string of uninterrupted greatness in terms of years. That's my argument. Like the Beatles were amazing, like inarguably amazing for like five years, inarguably amazing, right? Because you could dispute the greatness of Hard Hard Day's Night, but you kind of can't dispute the greatness of Revolver or Rubber Soul. Maybe you can. You can. I don't know. And just for the record, I feel like I don't even have to say who my band is because it's so obvious. If you say that, <laughs> they might be giants. I'm going to get so upset with you. You can be upset with me. That's fine. I didn't say it, though. You said it. I'd, I'd be, I think, disturbed if you didn't say they might be right. giants. Right. It'd be weird. It'd be Knowing weird. what I know about you, I think that would like throw my world into an upheaval. What, what are you, right. go, what's your answer, Dave? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I thought you were I, I think, the Beatles. No, I, I, and this, this is going to sound jokey or, or something, but I... I think the real answer for me would be my own music. Not because I think I'm awesome, but because I could keep making more. That's uh, so you'll never you can keep doing new things. If if I could if you know Desert Island or something but could keep making music, it it tends to be that I make stuff that I would want to listen to because that's 
what I'm attracted to. You know, that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, Julian, do you do you listen to yourself? I mean, I do listen to myself. Well, it depends and what what phase or what degrees I'm in. But that's that's like a real prince-like answer there, Dave. Like, I just listen to myself, you know? Like, you can't... I don't know. I think you go nuts. Like, you just keep writing the I'm same song. I'm not saying that's what I do currently. No, but if you... <laughs> but no, I, I actually... I dig that. Because, you know, like, I, I usually listen to music in iTunes smart playlists, and I do the... Uh, I've got my five-star playlist, and all of my songs are in the five-star playlist. So whenever it's shuffling, there it is, and I'll come up, and I'm like, yeah, I can listen to that, because it's not like you're going to make music you hate. I think that's an astute answer, I've decided. I appreciate that answer. That's a cop-out answer. That doesn't count. That's like... <laughs> that's a, No, I don't accept that, because it's like... You know, that's like... Answer, Fine, I, Julian Villard is my answer. You have well, to now. <laughs> Wait a minute, but so you guys can't. So I, but I got outlawed from the conversation. You couldn't choose me, according in the beginning of it, and now Dave can choose himself. I want to. I want to. I want to revoke my answer now. I don't. I don't because this. What is this? Precludes that I'm gonna. Is it mean that I have to listen to one thing my entire life and then kill off every, all every music that I ever did? That's really loaded. That's messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't get I'm, that dark. I'm, you can still. I'm angry. You we agreed. Angry. We agreed from the word "go" that it was a terrible question. <laughs> okay, good. Well, At least we acknowledge it. It's my a- goal was to cause fury, and if I've caused fury, then my work is <laughs> done. Yeah. I think we need to go and kick Lex's ass. <laughs> where, where, Dave, where are you? I, I mean, he's far from me. He's somewhere. I, down. I'm in Denver. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a. It's gonna be hard. We'll get you one day. One day. It'll be a flight, but we'll work it out. <laughs> now, I, one thing that you might not know about Julian, Dave. Is that he is big in Holland? He's like <laughs> really? he, Julian is to Holland as Hasselhoff is to Germany, basically. <laughs> so I don't care about why people in Holland like you. Let's just assume it's because they're crazy. What I want to know is, uh, what do you love besides your tremendous fandom, or you know, the tremendous fan count you have there? What do you do in in Holland? What do you like about Holland? It's a pretty cool country, man. They're like they're definitely like an advanced set of people. You know, um, like hoverboards, you know, it's not like Uh, they're not more bicycles. It's yeah, bicycles. Exactly. Which kind of are like, you know, the they are kind of like a retro hoverboard, right? Kind of the hoverboards of the road. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, I mean, they're 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 just they're, they're kind of amazing. They're just amazing people. They're really easy very calm and they just they, they they're very frank and honest and they just sort of take life as it very comes direct. to them very direct but also not like they don't get they they have no they have i feel like a much lower anxiety quotient and i don't know if it's all the pot or what it is but they just don't really seem to stress out about things they just sort of say this is the way things are and we go like this and then yeah we go there on our bikes now are you hip to like get into the the, the legal there a drug scene when you're overseas? I have eaten a space cake in Holland. Although hopefully I won't get, you won't get in trouble. Like, I mean, now I feel like there's a real governmental, you know, after no, the you're whole... fine, man. Cause you were, it was allowed while you were there. I guess so. But I don't think I would do it. I do it again. I mean, I've, I've definitely done my fair share of altered States in my life. And, but that I like, I was a bit much for me. I, I was really hungry and I hadn't eaten any food. And then I just, I like Brown. You know what a brownout is? Well, I had a Google space cake, so you can imagine I don't know whatever the hell else you're talking about. <laughs> you, you really had a Google uh, space cake? Are you that straight? Yeah, I, I had to look it up. Wow. Wow, dude. Dave, you know what a space cake is, right? You live in Denver. Oh, of course, yeah. And, well, I, and I lived in Amsterdam last summer. Did you really? Okay. What would you think of it? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It's, it's, I think of Amsterdam as my second home. It's amazing. Although I never did space cake. Yeah, well, you know, you like it's... 
It is. It's funny when you're there a lot. It's you don't you don't really want to partake in that whole element of it because it's so like hopelessly American. You know, it's not really for me. The being high, I don't handle it very well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I would venture that all three of us would probably fall on the side of people who don't handle having our not being in control of our brains. I don't know. I I uh, I I'm known to drink. Okay. Although I think I need to stop doing that. <laughs> Lex is laughing at me already. <laughs> well, I, I I want to understand why you think you, you shouldn't drink anymore. But I do want to point out that when I was on the cannabis foods entry on Wikipedia. Oh, my Lord. It, Wikipedia told me for, for the first time that I had a new message, something I'd never seen. And uh, PBash607 writes that he wants to let me know that he undid one or more of my recent contributions to the Julian Villard page because it did not appear constructive. So it no longer says, <laughs> "That's amazing." sorry, ladies, he's taken. Wow, somebody was right on top of that. Yeah. Well, that's, just, you, know, you my, know, I have a, I have a very, my like identity is, is not something that you can just kind of like alter. Lex Friedman. Right. People are like, you're not going to mess with the JV page. If you're going to mess with the JV on Wikipedia, it's going to be fucking Ventura. Let's get that clear. Right. That's true. I wonder what his Wikipedia... Was there really a huge th- issue with the floor- fluoride? He says so, yes. Yeah. Wow. You can yeah. listen to the episode. I, I know you always do, so you must just be a couple, but you're probably still in the Ophira episode. Yeah, I know. You're in my, you're in my little so, podcast thing on my phone. Yeah. Well, so, so... But Dave, why shouldn't you drink anymore? I almost died. <laughs> That's well, a good, that's, that's a good, good reason. Yeah, that's good. All right, we accepted. We were. We were uh, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna try to make this story as brief as I can. We were in San Francisco last week for Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, and Sunday night, I land. I landed Sunday at I think two or something, and I get to the hotel, and there's people in the lobby, and I have a drink, and it was sort of a, a celebratory kind of day, and I guess I never really stopped drinking. I was always drinking, and by the end of the night, it, it, I guess it was so slow that I never felt like it really affected me. I never felt drunk until I got back to my hotel room that night. I walked into my room, and I'm thinking, wow, I feel, feel great. What an awesome day. And then, holy shit, the room is spinning. Like, it all caught up with me. And I thought, okay, well, it caught up with me. I'm going to pass out, and I'll wake up. I'll be fine. And so I walk over to the bed. I throw my glasses on the floor. I fall face first on the bed, and I pass out. And I figured that's the end of it. But a couple hours later... I wake up and I'm like covered in something. Oh no. And I'm like, I'm groggy and still pretty drunk. And I'm like, it's dark. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm looking at my hands and like trying to figure it out. And it clicks for me that I had, uh, I, I was sleeping in a, a pool literally of my own vomit. Oh no. And, like- I mean, well, I'm, I'm glad I fell asleep face down or this would be a much different show right now. <laughs> Apparently, I'd, be, I'd become violently ill in my sleep and was throwing up everywhere. That's like some Jimi Hendrix vibes. <laughs> right? Well, and so it's in a hotel room, so you don't have to right. clean it's, it at least. It's, it's, it's a... <sighs> I love that. Too. We, we, that's, where your mind go, that's where your mind goes, Lex, right away. You didn't, you didn't have <laughs> to clean it up. You know? about the cleanliness of... Well, I, yes and no, because I, my first reaction... I mean, I'm drunk. So my reaction is to take my hand and wipe it on a pillow and roll over. I'm not. I'm not thinking too clearly about what exactly is happening to me. And I pull. I roll over and I pull a blanket over. And the rest of the night was tough because if I'm facing away from it, I sleep okay. But if I when I turn on the other side, I'm facing the vomit. The smell wakes me up, so I have to pull the blanket over my head, and that's not comfortable. I mean, I'm here in New Jersey a week later, and I'm still smelling it when you tell the story. Continue. (laughs) Well, so I I finally wake up, and housekeeping kept coming by, and I kept telling them to go away, but I. (laughs) Did you say it like that? Did you say go away? Yeah, more or less. I was, but <laughs> I was a, I was a mess. 
was a total mess. And it took me an hour and a half to like get myself cleaned up and ready to leave. But I told them to come back at three. And I thought that if I leave at five minutes till three, it'll be okay. But I'm walking out the door and I see the, the house cleaning ladies, these, these two little Asian ladies walking up with their cart and the door closes behind me and I make eye contact and I just freeze because, Oh God, what are they about to walk into? And what am I, what do I say? What, how do you look somebody in the eye when they're about to walk into that? <laughs> and the door closes and I just look at the woman and I go, I am sorry. And she goes, Oh, it's okay. I have a key. Oh, <laughs> you don't know what I'm sorry for, ma'am. <laughs> and so I just decide I'm going to walk away and I get about halfway down the hall before I realize I'd gone the wrong way. I turn around slowly hoping that they had already gone into the room but there they are still staring at me and they they point and they go no the elevators are that way I'm like, oh, okay thank you and i walk to the elevators the elevator doors are closing and as they're closing i hear these little women screaming obscenities <laughs> and i don't they it wasn't in english so i don't know what they're saying but i know it was about me <laughs> and here's here's why uh i thought i was being helpful and i was gonna like clean like at least tidy up a little bit so I grabbed the corners of the bedding and I like bundled it up Aye. and I set all of the bedding in the corner thinking, well, that's better, right? Except I didn't tell them what had happened. So they walked in and they see a pile of blankets on the floor and either picked it up Aye, yeah, yeah, and yeah, went yeah, to yeah, fold yeah. it or maybe, maybe shook it out. <laughs> Dios mio. Yeah. I ruined their lives. I did leave a tip though. Well, yeah. Uh, what is the going rate for a tip for uh, I left this room covered in vomit? <laughs> Well, I I left uh, I left a note saying for housekeeping and all of the cash that I had on me, which was five dollars. <laughs> Wait, Julian, I need a ruling. Do you feel like the <laughs> do you feel like the five dollar tip is worse than no tip in that situation? I mean, I don't even know. To, I don't even know how to respond to this in general. Uh, I guess, yeah, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> was all the cash I had, and I didn't know what to do. In retrospect, I should have left a square reader my credit card and a note that said whatever you think is fair. <laughs> well, you know, the argument is that it's that's do they take? They might have taken something out of your deposit. Don't they do that in hotels? Yeah. Like, don't they like kind of preauthorize swipes? So if you you know if you do oh right, damage, I guess oh, in man. theory they could charge you a cleanup fee, but they could. Well, I thought about what what's the right move in general? Not even the tip, but what's the right move? Like, You're I thought about to maybe vomit. like it's not against I, the rules to vomit in the hotel room. Well, I I thought maybe like do I. Do I throw it away? Do I throw it out the window? No, I mean, How do, if you were in any state to deal with it, I, I mean, if my me being the sort of a third party ethics, you know, evaluator here because Lex is incapable, um, that I think that you would you would probably have to uh, you you'd have to be up front with them, which you weren't. You tried to like slink away, which is pretty pretty poor. You oh, so you think that he foreign people and explain to them what you did i should have been honest with them i am completely content in admitting that i'm a terrible person for what happened <laughs> i handled this poorly I could still smell it on the mattress and i checked out you know i'm thinking about it and i'm thinking like in retrospect if you had it to do over again which you hopefully you won't you um i think yes i would throw it out the fucking window i would just bundle up the sheets <laughs> Throw it out the window and get charged for the new sheets if I had to. Uh, even if you don't explain it to me, if you're like, what the hell happened to the sheets? And they're looking and they're like, later that day, somebody finds a pile of vomit-ridden sheets at the floor, you know, the ground level outside the hotel. That's fine. But I think I would rather just dispose of it. Yeah, but they would, they'd make the connection that there are vomit-covered sheets outside the hotel and one of the rooms is missing their sheets. Yeah, I think you're right. The math would have been worked out on that one. Well, listen, I think we should go from the, I mean, the lowest. Oh, go ahead, Julian. 
No, no. I mean, I, I think I've said my piece on this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we should give everybody a minute to digest the vomit story, if you will. Uh, and while we do that, we that's can. That's your uh, phrasing. Yeah. Well, we can we can take a break and acknowledge. You know, let's move I, from the lows of vomit to the highs. If there's of our sponsors. if there's a story that our our sponsors want to follow, it's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Let's talk about them for a moment. Um, well, you know who doesn't make me vomit, Dave? <laughs> me, I hope you don't. Good, and good. Um, you and I do this show together, and the show has sponsors, and it's a perfect segue. See, now we got we got further away from the vomit. Just don't mention vomit. We're good. I love those people. <laughs> well, our sponsors. Yeah, the sponsors are great. And uh, so the first one up is, is a, a repeat sponsor you may know called uh, Microsoft Windows Azure or Azure. Very very nice people. Got to meet uh, uh, one of those guys, um, Josh. At the- yeah, Josh Twist. Got to meet him uh, during WWDC. Really, really nice guy. Josh Twist, nice guy. Um, they sponsored the the live talk show. It's a good podcast I hear. I've never listened to it. And right. uh, But so Microsoft Windows Azure. This is uh, mobile services is what they do. Windows Azure mobile services makes it faster and easier to build a cloud-connected iOS app. The idea is that mobile services takes care of the glue for storing your data in the cloud, authenticating people via Facebook or Twitter or Google, whatever, sending push notifications, all the stuff that's a chore to do that's doable for any developer worth their development, but is it just a pain in the ass to deal with? (laughs) Uh, You know, all that stuff, they make it super simple. So anyone, and I have done this, I have built an app that sent push notifications. It was horrible getting it to work properly because first you got to get all set up on the staging server or the, what are they called? Their their testing server. And then you got to do it all on the product. It's horrible. Mobile services, you just, to add push to your iOS app, you type in push.apns.send and specify your token and the payload and boom, the message goes out. If you want to build an iOS app or connect to an app or connect an app that you already have with Microsoft Windows Azure, you got to check them out. You can get started for free. You go to www dot windows com slash ios and i want to stress in this case the www really is important so you're going to go to why does that matter what do they do what happens if you don't i think they run a non-awesome web server that makes it a little tricky so it's www.windowsazure.com slash ios is this like putting in the numbers on lost yeah you don't want to you don't want to know what happens if you don't have the www but so it makes it fast and easy to build connected mobile apps that scale you can try it for free and you know you know that it's good because if Brent Simmons makes multiple videos for a product, and it's a Microsoft product, you know That's it's got to right. be awesome. I'm just saying. Yeah. So check them out. It's www.windowsazure.com/ios. I think that that whole www thing uh, on their web server must be because they're not using Squarespace, our <laughs> other sponsor. How do you like that segue? I love that segue. They're not using Squarespace. Our spo- well, our other sponsor this week is our very good friends at Squarespace. They have uh, they have been a huge huge supporter of this show and really every other show, but especially this show. <laughs> right. They love us. We love them. And Squarespace is just fantastic. I I'm not even going to go with the the ad copy that they give us because I don't have it in front of me. This is from the heart. This is from my own personal experience Preach using it. Squarespace. They have these templates that you can use and they automatically make everything you do look good and you can tweak them. You can make them look better to your taste because these things are all subjective. Uh, they're super easy to lay out, super easy to work with, super easy to modify. You can, you can do crazy stuff like sell t-shirts, which we've done, sell uh, digital goods, which we also have done and currently do uh, that just any, anything you'd want to do on a website. It all just works. You can, you, 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 you plug on up, uh, Plug in things and click on buttons and your stuff just happens the way you want it to. What I love too is that 
like you're saying, you know, it's it's super easy to build. You can drag and drop stuff around, drag your images on there, get a website that automatically looks good on the iPhone and the iPad and probably Android stuff, although I, I can't say that I've checked that. Um, but it's it's just it's just easy. We host our own site with Squarespace, Dave. Yeah. And and it, it took almost no effort. <laughs> and it looks great everywhere. On every device we could throw at it, it looks great. Now, and they must charge like $5,000 to get set up with Squarespace. Isn't that how it works? I, I think uh, I think it's less money than that. So wait, are you saying that I could try it for free? You could try it for free. Holy shit. Well, so it's it's totally free. You go to Squarespace.com. Squarespace.com. Right. <laughs> you go to Squarespace.com. Uh, that's all you need to type in. You don't even have to put in the www <laughs> because they are hosted on Squarespace. Right. And uh, use use the promo code uh, right now. It would be uh, unprofessional six, right? Unprofessional six, and that's so you get the free trial. You don't even have to put in a credit card. When you're ready to buy, what you have to do is remember to scroll down when you're typing your credit card. Underneath everything else, there's a thing for the offer code, and that's where you put in unprofessional six. The six is for June. June is a beautiful time to set up a website. Now is the time, so get it done. It's really uh, the season for websites, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't love Squarespace at this point but does love podcasts is making a terrible mistake. These people keep the the podcast industry in business and they actually have a good product. We can feel good about the fact that they own every podcast in the internet history. Right. They, they give uh they, they offer a great service and they uh, keep all your favorite stuff on the internet. So we'll go Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. And thank you, Windows Azure. One more group of people I'd like to thank before we, we end this. Do it to it. Read. Uh, normally, like sometimes we pitch stuff or we talk about the Twitter, or the Facebook stuff. We were at WWDC last week, and I, we saw multiple people wearing unprofessional T-shirts, and cool. that's just the coolest thing in the world to see to see people who like our show and and wanted to support it. Uh, that it's just it's awesome. It really is humbling. It's cool. So thank you, all of our listeners. We love you. I totally wore my unprofessional shirt on the plane ride home from San Francisco. Oh, you were that guy. I totally was. Let's get back to the show. Here's here's one thing I like about you, Julian. Dave and I were at, during that same WWDC week. Dave had sobered up and cleaned up and gotten new sheets, and he and I went to a They Might Be Giants concert in San Francisco. Where uh, afterwards, because John Flansburg is a friend of the show, we had gone backstage and we hung out with the band for a while. And while we're there, we meet just somebody else, somebody else who's with the band, a friend of the band's. And she was very curious about the show because we explained that we were there because of Flansburg and she wanted to know about other guests. And we mentioned Ventura. And she said, well, who's, who's your next guest? And I said, it was Julian Villard. He's a singer. And she says, I know who Julian Villard is. <laughs> and I like that. I like that you're at the level of fame that maybe not every single person knows you, but enough people I encounter in walks of life do know, do know who you are. Really? I love that. Really? I feel, yeah. I feel uh, well, I, you know, yesterday I was at a Mets game and I got ID'd at the Mets game. Which was a, like it's it's really bizarre because I, I I am by no stretch of anyone's imagination famous like I really am not but I do have these very right, you're barely even talented I'm barely talented <laughs> barely but I, I think See, we can do this because we've known each other for however many years we said it was it's also years. we're just talking the truth um, no it's <laughs> but 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 I do evoke this um sort of uh like. I, I, the people who like my music really like my music. And, I, and, I, and I'm starting to like kind of try to figure this out because I always thought, oh, you know, why isn't my music more mainstream? Or, you know, how can I make it more mainstream? Or how can I reach more people? And then I just realized, like, I don't think I make that kind of music because the people who get into it, like, I mean, I was, like I said, I was, at, I was in the most random situation ever at Chase Stadium and some dude clocked me. Some dude I'd never met, some like Long Island guy. And, and 
you know, the fact that I would get ID. Just I mean, because? He just was like, you're Julian Villard. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, so when you say he clocked you, you don't mean he actually punched you? No, no. I mean, he like, he like ID'd me. I didn't oh. get clocked. Um, speaking. Oh, oh, I thought it was like, hey, you're Julian Villard. Let me punch you in the See, face. See, he's, he's a singer songwriter, Dave. So Julian can just make words mean whatever he wants, sort of yeah, like Shakespeare. That's, that's exactly how I am. I'm okay, like, I am right. like Shakespeare. He totally made love to me, by which I mean he recognized me. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um, speaking of. We of, totally fornicated, by which I mean spoke. <laughs> Of, uh, That's of of related um here's a here if you if you want something anecdotal um of rela- oh, I do. of related they might be giants <laughs> in this I used to teach Jim to Flansburg's kid uh, that can't possibly wow. be true but I think you mean that you used to teach Jim to John Linnell's kid That's right whatever the other one Flansburg doesn't is. have any kids right the, the John Linnell is this, do you literally mean teach Jim or is this another one of your <laughs> this is <laughs> I don't want to know what that means if it's a euphemism. That um, no, no. nothing, nothing salacious. That's no, no. I literally was a physical. Education you were a gym teacher. teacher. I was for when I first graduated college and moved to Brooklyn. I taught physical education in a public school for four years, and one of my students was Henry Linnell, who wow. was John Linnell's kid, who's now like probably fifteen or something. And were you a, were you like a dodgeball kind of gym teacher? Like, was that one of the activities you had to do? No, dodgeball is like frowned upon now. You know, although they do make these amazing Swiss dodgeballs. It's so dangerous. It is dangerous. Kids get hurt, man. It's no. But they they make these dodgeballs, these like super duper crazy foam dodgeballs that are like forty or fifty bucks a pop that you can't hurt somebody with, but they still have a density with which you can throw them. It's wow! Ama- it's amazing. Wow, that's they- bullshit. No, no. I just I was, love that dodgeball technology has advanced that far. It's amazing. When I was a kid, we used rocks. <laughs> no, I, I, to me, the fun wasn't getting hurt. The fun was, you know, being dominant. And you think you can be dominant without inflicting pain in dodgeball? I'd say that sounds sporting. I mean, if you threw it, if you threw it paint point blank into somebody's face, like obviously they're gonna. But they make these things. They're like super duper Nerf. It's like Nerf, you know, <laughs> t- Nerf squared or something. Um. And so, yeah. But wait, you didn't even teach dodgeball. You knew about the dodgeball technology because you're like, well, this is in my industry. I've got to follow it as a physical education instructor. Well, no, I mean, I we can't did, actually teach with it. We would play, like, dodgeball was a more advanced game that we would play. What was the beginner game? Roll a ball on the floor? Well, everybody, no. First of all, Lex, if you remember. I'm just saying dodgeball doesn't seem that advanced to me. Well, it is because it's got a lot of rules and it's like, you know, you need a certain level of motor skills. I mean, I taught kindergarten to second grade. I was like a. I was oh, like, oh, that's so, what I didn't get. Okay. Yeah. So I taught Henry when he was in kindergarten, but of course you probably will remember it might be one of the greatest games of your youth if you ever played it, but the most obvious, amazing game you can play with many little children, <laughs> this is getting weird, um, hmm. is Parachute. Do you remember Parachute? Dude, totally remember Parachute. Wasn't Parachute amazing? Is that a Mac game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was for the original Apple IIc. Dave, oh, okay. Dave, did you no, ever play Parachute? So, so, no? Is that the, the, you get like the big, well, Parachute sheet, <laughs> you, you, you throw people into the air? Right, no, well, no, you don't no, think whoa, you throw people in the air, no. it's like everybody sees it in a circle, and you wave it up and down, and then you can go under it and make it like a tent, or you yeah. put balls on top of it, and you shake them around. Oh, oh I love that shit. It's amazing. I don't know if there was a person on it or not. <laughs> no, that's like kind of insane. <laughs> you you take the like, littlest, weakest child. And you just bounce them. <laughs> I wanted there to be. I, I wanted there to be a person in the middle. And then everybody, like, you throw them in the air, and then everybody runs towards the center, so there's no give, and they just die. <laughs> this and is why I don't teach gym. And that's, yes, that's how we, um, it's like, <laughs> that's how we eliminate the weakest <laughs> children. 
But but that's I, for four years. I was like the rock star gym teacher. I would go out and gig at night, and then I wake up in the morning and teach gym. So there's my you know. And one of my students was Henry Linnell, and he was an excellent uh, devotee. He was great at parachute. It was great. Was was it um, horrible? Like I mean, I, generally people don't love getting out of bed to go to their jobs unless they love the job. I don't know if you loved being a gym teacher or not, but was it extra horrible getting up in the morning to do it when you would much rather be doing the gig stuff at night? I mean. It's interesting. It definitely taught me a level of discipline that had I not done it, I don't know if I would have the same drive because it was so difficult that I, you know, I, I didn't teach full time. I taught three, four days a week, but still it was a New York City public school. So I had six classes a day, 30 kids a class. Like that was the deal. And it was just by the end of the day, I was sauce. So I had to get home at three and then nap for an hour and then wake up and practice piano and write songs or go do a gig or whatever I was doing. But you know, that I think those three, four years when I really kind of like were really when I cut my teeth on that stuff is that that's how that's what sort of gave me the drive that I, I guess is how I, you know, maintain today. It's, it's that that ethic that I never I realized that I was working on limited time. So I had to, uh, you know, I'd get home at three o'clock and then I'd have to like, you know, whatever, do whatever I could do because I could I couldn't make noise past 8 p.m. I just want to say I could never climb that fucking rope. Oh, the rope. We don't do the Can rope. Can you now? No, I should, I doubt it. You should what, get a rope desk. What rope? Like what rope? Like this? This is what we like. This is like like that seventies show, the rope in gym class. That's like, come on, man. We're in- I absolutely had an actual rope in gym class in fucking junior senior high school. I did too, but we didn't climb the rope. We would uh, we'd stand on a big stack of mats and we'd swing across the the gym to the other big stack of mats. See, that sounds fun. Well, unless you're the fat kid. <laughs> And, and you don't make it all the way across, and you just kind of like hang there and have to drop onto the middle pile of mats. And they're like, just let go, David. Just let go. <laughs> That's not what they shouted. <laughs> Fall fatty. I, I hated Jim. I hated every aspect of Jim. I hated having to change because I didn't want to do that. I you, first of all, there we weren't supposed to shower. There wasn't time to shower, so it was just changing. So if I got sweaty, it's like, well, okay, now I put on drier clothes, but I'm still sweaty. I was always the youngest in my class. There was one girl who was a week younger than I am, but you know, my birthday was November 28th, and the cutoff was like November 30th or something, and so. I was the youngest and I was the slowest to develop in kickball. Everybody else was kicking triples when I couldn't even get a single. And in baseball, I couldn't hit. I hated gym. So fuck you, Julie. <laughs> I was not like super athletic like you. But, you know, gym when you're a kid. Is I know. Actually, I saw. <laughs> Kim, gym, gym when you're a kid is, is actually kind of cool because it's, it's you know, it's like doesn't even, no one's got coordination when they're in kindergarten. Right. Back when it's still just recess, it's not so bad. That's essentially what I was. I was like the, the recess leader. <laughs> I was like recess leader. But, uh, you, you know, it was cool. I don't think I could do it again, man. That's, it's also, it's exhausting. It's just dealing with these, dealing with, you You have kids, Lex. I mean, you, you practically are, like, you know, you practically are a gym teacher. You've got, like, what, eight kids or something? I am, I am generally speaking, racked with guilt that maybe I'm not doing enough physical stuff with my kid, but I was never a super physical kid in the sporting way. So, you know, we play and we do all sorts of adventures and pretend and stuff, but if we have the choice between, you know, like, let's do an adventure in the basement or let's go run around outside, I probably choose the adventure in the basement you, way you, more often. You can't often do adventures in the basement with your son. That's what, it, what, how is, what, what, what does he do in the basement? Oh, don't make it weird. No, we do like... That's how rumors get started. We, 
I'm not making it weird. I wasn't being weird. I'm just. I'm not even being weird. I'm just saying. You don't take your son in the basement. No, we do like a hide and seek adventure kind of thing. No, he loves the basement because that's where all the trains are. So we we like we tell stories about who we're pushing along on the train tracks and where they're going. It's so, but thing. it's not the basement. It's like the rec room. It's like the playroom. Right. Don't so it's, it's you're thinking of you live in New York. I live in suburban New Jersey. So it's like a finished basement with you know sheetrock ceilings and carpeted floors. You say basement. You're envisioning that. You're thinking of like a fun play area. We hear basement. And we're thinking you're taking your kid to a fucking dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. This like is, this is a language barrier. You're you're going to like change. If you're teaching him how to change fuses. That's like what I think <laughs> about when you go to the basement. Yeah. This this is not or like this is not a barren. Go exterminate room. rats. You know. I'm thinking the basement of the library from Last Crusade. <laughs> Which I a reference I now appreciate. Better get the basement. Of the, oh, that's the attic of the library. Never ending story. The basement of the Alamo. <laughs> right there, you go. I never remember the Alamo. There is no basement of the Alamo. <laughs> if only, if only, if only, if only he knew, then he wouldn't have chased his bike all around the country. Poor dude. I. Uh, but then he wouldn't have had all those adventures. That's true. That's true. I, I think he was richer for having been told that lie. He was richer. Although it didn't, you, you, you wouldn't have known it. You're referring to his childlike sense of wonder showed him the world. You couldn't tell if he was richer by Big Top Pee Wee, like that 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 movie just because then he's like he's got those weird little like dogs that he makes that that they eat. I think that like the dogs like shrink people or something. He makes these magical like wiener dogs that make animals talk or something. I can't remember. It's so much better if you just imagine that Pee Wee died right after the events of Big Adventure. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this: Would it makes is it a a hole in my movie watching needs that I haven't? Is like is it a problem that I haven't seen any of these Pee Wee movies that you're referencing? You the, see the first one. You have to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's like that's like a that's a classic. It's it's a it, that, it holds up really well. It, it's, I'll it's make great. It happen. It's a it's a great movie. It's, it I, was it was Tim Burton's first movie. Who who plays who plays Pee Wee Herman in this one? Pee Wee. Actually, no. It doesn't um. When when they call him PW at the end, who plays him? And it's like uh, it's not like Richard Chamberlain, oh. but it's like one of those actors. It's like in Morgan Fairchild yeah. plays Dottie. That's so funny when they right, make right, they make right. they're at the end of the movie. They're at a screening of of the movie. It looks like it's James Brolin and Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, it's yeah, James, James Brolin. Brolin. Right? It's it's James. That's good. Right? Right? James Brolin, Josh Brolin's dad, and Barbara Streisand's man. And uh, now I'm gonna edit this Wikipedia page and tell them that sorry, James Brolin is also taken. Hang on. I don't know if he is anymore. Are they still together? I, don't know. I think they are actually. Yeah. Who breaks up with James? I don't yeah, know. he's still he's still married to Babs. He's still married to her. Right. And, and you know what? His name's his name isn't anywhere close to James Brolin in real life. He is Craig Kenneth Bruderlin. Is he really? It's yeah. crazy when you start looking at how many people have changed their name. You know, like the one who's got the craziest. Go look this up now. Go look at what Kirk Douglas's real name is. Jewy Jewenstein. <laughs> 